Good evening. We'll continue this evening with the the Lord's form as the supreme absolute reality. Reading from Srila Jiva Goswami's 51st Anucheda. In the previ- previous sections, Srila Jiva Goswami has established that the Lord's form is eternal and transcendental. He substantiates this here by referring to the experience of Sri Brahma, one of the twelve authorities, Mahajans, on the complete absolute, known as Bhagavan. Brahma recited three verses in glorification of Sri Narayan at the dawn of creation, being eager to create, yet uncertain of how to proceed. He prayed to the Supreme Lord, the abode of all knowledge. In this world, everyone is imperfect and must depend on others, even for material knowledge. Brahma knew this very well. Without faith in the scriptures and in the sages who have directly realized them, nobody can approach the absolute truth. We already be discussed some of this Anucheda. Uh, as a quick reminder, in the first of the four verses from Brahma, Brahma is praying uh, for the power to create. He has an inspiration to create, and he's he's offering prayers to the Supreme Lord. The Lord has revealed his form to him. He's actually seeing Krishna. Uh, in the beginning, he was given a preliminary instruction just to perform austerity, stapa, and there was no manifestation of Krishna for a while. So he continued to meditate on the Supreme, and eventually the Lord revealed himself to him. So we're at a stage where Brahma has is actually seeing the Supreme Lord, and he's offering these prayers to the Lord in order to receive his benediction to be able to do his service. He understands that he doesn't have in and of himself, independent of some divine intervention, inspiration, and knowledge, he doesn't have, he doesn't feel confident to go forward with his his service of creating uh, without, first of all, the, of course, the backing of Krishna, the Supreme, and uh, and also with inspiration. We find out later that this is being enacted on the transcendental plane, so they're aware of each other's consciousness. So not everything has to be spoken. But Krishna reassures him, what you're conceiving of, how you're conceiving of how to move forward in your service, that's approved by me. So you're going to go ahead with your service in accordance with the way I've had this done since time immemorial. Again, how many universes, they're uncountable. How many Brahmas, uncountable, this Brahma? Well, there's actually in our Shastra places where this particular Brahma is referred to as the youngest. There's other places where we get some comprehension um, through other Leela of the diminished stature of our Brahma. He only has four heads and there's Leela wherein uh, he goes to see Krishna and Krishna just 
okay, which Brahma is it? It's Brahma, the creator of the universe. Which universe would that be? <laughs> oh, come on in, anyway. Four-headed Brahma. Oh, okay, that gives me some indication. And then just to show Brahma that creator of the universe is not a great thing to him, to, to Krishna, to Vishnu, uh, he summons all the Brahmas. So our Brahma walks in, you know, I'm sure he was feeling, you know, I'm the creator of the universe and I'm, I'm going, coming to see Krishna, to come to see Vishnu. And there's all kinds of Brahmas there and some of them have ten heads hundred heads, a thousand heads, it even says a million heads. So we have to be careful that we remember our place in the whole scheme of things, even if we're, if we're the creator of the universe. So Brahma here is praying, and Jiva Goswami is using these prayers, these verses, specifically in this Anucheta, four of them, uh, to bring out the transcendental nature of the Lord's uh, form. So the Lord's form is the absolute reality. I believe he's. These are from the. Uh, the verses are from the third canto, ninth chapter, and I'm going to read the verses and then we'll go quickly over what we went over and then we'll move forward. So the first of the four verses: "You who are eternally free of ignorance." This is Brahma addressing the Supreme Lord, due to the upsurge of overwhelming taste in the form of knowing, have assumed this form from the very beginning in order to bless the true. This form is the unique seed from which hundreds of avatars arise, and I myself have appeared from its lotus navel, which is my home. So we can see a little bit of of all of the various avatars are manifest, manifested through uh, Vishnu. Now, in this instance, in considering who Brahma is addressing, one would think he's addressing Garbhodakshai Vishnu because he's on the lotus of Garbhodakshai Vishnu is his place of, he manifests there. They say he's born there. But then later in the Bhagavatam and also in Jiva's presentation, we find out that Brahma has a transcendental body himself. So this nomenclature of being born doesn't really apply. Uh, some very technical ways of looking at it, but uh, just know that it is sometimes, his body is itself sometimes re referred to as fully transcendental. More on that later. That's the next Anucheta. We're going to get into the fact that the the various Saktavish manifestations are themselves transcendental, fully transcendental. So it's it's exciting. So here, Brahma's saying that uh, you're eternally free of ignorance due to the upsurge of overwhelming hate taste in the form of knowing, have assumed this form from the very beginning in order to, be, to bless the true. Bless 
the truth, the absolute truth, and those that seek absolute truth. So you've accepted a form in order to bless them. You've manifested a form of yourself. I mean, you are everywhere, but you have consolidated yourself into this ball of bliss and knowledge and and you you've manifest in order to bless how can the lord bless if he's if he's only conceived of as the as the supreme brahman brahmati paramatmati bhagavanichi subyate but he only the blessings are not coming from brahman the blessings are not coming from paramatma blessings come from a personal manifestation of the absolute so that's what's that's what's being said. To bless the true, you've taken a form of condensed knowledge and bliss, basically, is what Brahma's saying. And this form is amazing because this form is also the source for all the thousands of avatars that manifest in the material world. They all come through this form. The next verse reads as follows. Here we get into the technicality of the fact that this is all Krishna. You know, all these forms are the supreme. They're viewed differently according to the method of approach. God is God. The way we see God has to do with our consciousness, not his consciousness. His consciousness is, is fully in reciprocation to the way his devotees approach him. At this time, I think he's seeing him as Bhagavan Sri Krishna. But in this statement, in the verse, one would think, and that was the point I was making, that he was addressing Garbhodakshai Vishnu. Or, because Garbhodakshai Vishnu is that manifestation of the Purusha avatars through which all the avatars, other avatars, manifest themselves. So we'll move on. The next verse. O Supreme One, I do not perceive your essence, which is bliss alone, undifferentiated, be, undifferentiated being, and unobstructed effulgence as anything different from this form. I therefore take shelter of this form, which is unique which carries, creates the universe and yet remains distinct from it, being the self and essence of the material elements and the senses. Again, one would think the address is to Garbhadakshai Vishnu, for in the, if we were to take the literal value of what the English translation is here, because he says universe in the singular, you create the universe. And the particular universe would be the universe where he takes birth on the lotus of the personality who manifests the universe, which is the Garbhodakshai Vishnu. Is there a difference between... There's a difference in function. In function between Karnadakshai Vishnu, Garbhodakshai Vishnu, and Kashira Dakshai Vishnu. They're referred to as the Purusha, the Purusha avatars 
they manifest differently according to the function. Now, can again, we have this, we want everything in a box. We want, you know, but we're learning the way Jeeva is explaining the nature of Bhagavan that sometimes needs to be seen in a larger context of the way the Lord manifests himself. Last week we went over the three specific terminologies used in this uh, second verse, or actually it's the third verse in the chapter, where he says, which is bliss alone, undifferentiated being, and unobstructed effulgence. So, the terms ananda matra, pure bliss, means absolutely free from any of the influence of the gunas of material nature. The Lord has lives in complete bliss, which is in, di- in, in direct opposition to everything in material existence. Also, referring to the fact that the Lord, being fully independent and of the nature of Ananda Matra, that he's both the material and the efficient cause of the universe. Remember, there are two manifestations of Maya. There's the material cause, earth, water, fire, air, ether. Then we have mind, intelligence, false ego, the efficient cause, and also the efficient, other efficient causes within the universe. So we have the material end of it, earth, water, fire, air, ether, mind. These are all, all material elements, so to speak. And then you have the effectuating agent or the agency, which is another aspect of material nature. An analogy that's been given in this regard is what? A magnet. A magnet is a material thing. But it has a built-in shakti, which is also material. A magnet is not animate. A magnet is not a jiva. A magnet is... So I can move a magnet, and I can move invisibly iron, or iron iron filings. I can place a magnet on another piece of iron, and it will become magnetized. So there's the material cause, and there's the efficient cause. It's, it's that other movement of the matter which is not initiated by the jiva, a jiva itself. Like the rays and the heat, the heat and light of the sun. It's the energy of the sun. It, but it has in itself some potency, some efficient, again, the same bringing out what these definitions are. So Krishna is both the material and the efficient cause, and he's distinct from both of those. There, now let's look at material causes, material, but then also the efficient cause. If we look to an efficient cause, whatever generally causes something goes through a transformation, generally speaking. So that's one of the points being made here. Krishna doesn't have to transform to pull off what happens in material nature. 
if I want to turn milk into yogurt, and I add my culture, then the milk transforms. The point being made here regarding the Lord and this quality of Ananda Matra is the fact that there's no transformation of the Lord required in order to manifest the material universe. It comes from his, we say, the breath of the Lord, Pradhana. Then you have Mahatattva, and the, then there's this whole evolution, uh, which we understand by studying the Sankhya philosophy. The universe is, is evolving. That evolution, evolution from one to the other, we would, we would call the efficiency, the efficient, that energy. But there's no transformation. It's not that the Lord is transforming. And he doesn't have to change in order to manifest a material universe. Again, we went the the analogies there of a touchstone, touch a touch a touchstone to iron, and it turns into gold. But when you find that touchstone the first time, it comes to my desk. Okay. So when you locate that thing that I've heard about here in Shastra, I need it. And the magnet, which we went over. So, Ananda Matra, another item in the verse, was what? Avikalpa, undifferentiated. The Lord is not differentiated and there's no duality in him. Everything that we experience in the material world has to be differentiated. Uh, vikalpa. So he's avikalpa, undifferentiated. And this goes back to that explanation we had of, of, of the names and forms in the material world. That that differentiation is what characterizes the material world. What characterizes the spiritual world is one sees everything as Krishna and his energies without differentiation on the, from the theistic viewpoint and other viewpoints like language. Every word it means God. Lord Chaitanya, if you want to get down to the, to the real the real essence of language every word without the potency of God has no potency because every word has potency it has the ability to convey a sense of a thing or a sense of an action so all the potency has to be the energy of the supreme so all the words truly seen in that light are undifferentiated. But we use them to point out differences in our world of duality. There is a language in the spiritual world, don't worry, you'll still be able to talk, <laughs> sing, and, you know. Unless you want the Brahma tea, but let's hope there's no inclination towards that approach. But in Brahman, there will be no differentiation, uh, even on the spiritual plane. 
they disavow any differentiation on the material plane and they encourage that the spiritual objective of one's practice is to give up all concept of differentiation. It is the same supreme absolute truth, Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan, Advayagyana, they're all different ways of looking at the non-dual absolute according to the mood of the worshiper. And the last that the verse touched on is Avidavarcha. The Lord is unadulterated bliss, Anandamatra, and without any material divisions, Avikalpa, he is self-luminous, Avidavarcha. This is where we left off, Avidavarcha. What does it mean? Self-luminate. You are not going to apply anything to the Lord in order to gain an understanding of him. He's self-luminous. The light of your intelligence will not show you God. The light of your mental inquisition will not show you God. Mental uh, differentiation, which is the mind is basically that, that part that plus and minus. Yes, no, I want, I don't want. The Lord is self-luminous. He, only he can make us aware of himself. Self-luminous. Well, I'm studying Shastra and I'm learning about God. Yeah. What do we call the Shastra you're, you're studying? Subda Brahman. It's transcendental sound vibration. It's him. There's no difference. It's undifferentiated from him. His name is undifferentiated from him. So Jiva's pointing out this. He's taking this verse and he's saying, these are the tattvas, the truths that are being presented here. All this to what? To convince us, to pull us into a more well-grounded understanding of the Lord's transcendental form and his energies and that they are transcendental. He's been at this now pretty extensively for the majority of this particular Sandarva, the Bhagavat Sandarva. Jiva Goswami continues and remember in this Anucheta what he's presenting is not only the Bhagavatam verses but he's also using the Bhagavatam commentary of Sridhar Swami uh, as praman, as the evidence to substantiate the points he's trying to make. So this is a quote from Sridhar Swami's commentary on these verses of the Bhagavatam. Brahma then describes the characteristics of the Lord. This, is his, this would be his tika on the Bhagavatam. Brahma then describes the characteristics of the Lord's form that establish its worthiness of being his shelter. This form, then he's quoting from the verse itself, quote, this form is unique, i.e. it is supreme among objects of worship. But this is because it is the creator of the universe, Visvasrija. As such, this form is not the universe, Avishya. 
i.e., it is distinct from the universe. Moreover, it is the self and essence, the cause of both the senses and the material elements. Bhutendriyatmaka. The Anacharya proceeds to the fourth verse of Brahma's prayers. O source of the world's auspiciousness, this then is certain. The same form you manifested to us, your worshippers, is in our meditation for our welfare. This then is certainly the same form you manifested to us, your worshippers, in our meditation for our welfare. We offer obeisances to you again and again. O Lord, who are disregarded by those destined for hell and by those influenced by the company of the untrue or the inessential. Significant portion of this that Jiva brings out is the this terminology, O source of the world's auspiciousness. Well, then what is auspiciousness? Jiva says, well, let me let you know what auspiciousness is. I'm going to give you what Rupa Goswami says auspiciousness is from his Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. According to the wise, auspiciousness means to be pleasing to the whole cosmos to be loved by everyone, to be endowed with all good qualities, and to be content. In reality, auspiciousness means to make progress in the path of transcendence. And that's the only path there is in reality. All other path is just a path down the road of the phasma phantasmagoria of material existence. Where are you going to go? You're going to go back to where you started from again, again, and again. One interesting thing that came came up in the commentary is, uh, as you know, Pallad Maharaj used this analogy that material existence is like sat- the satisfying of an itch. But it's never satisfied. So it's written dis-ease with a dash. There's no real ease. It's a dis-ease because you can't ease an itch. By taking shelter of the Lord, the devotees also become auspicious. By their mercy, the ignorance of the conditioned beings is removed and auspiciousness is infused into their unfulfilled lives. And when does this happen? This auspiciousness and bestowal of auspiciousness in the very beginning of devotional service. Subhada, good fortune. So the good fortune is coming to the devotees even in the very beginning. Characteristics of sadhana bhakti are the of good fortune, subhada, and kleshagna. So material life turns off for devotees. The kleshas stop, and subhada begins, and then increases 
from there. Well, Krishna might object to this. What would he say? But surely this form, Krishna's talking about me, surely this form also has limiting adjuncts, upadis, and is thus of recent origin. So, Sridhar Swami, as Vishwanath, and as we've talked, they, they like to put forward arguments that Krishna may, may come up with in a dialogue like this. He's getting these, he's being, the praise is there. So in the commentaries, you'll notice that sometimes it'll be, quote, well, but Krishna could say, they, it doesn't come off, it could say, it's like, well, Krishna says. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they kind of speak on Krishna's behalf there to bring out deeper meaning of the philosophy. So Krishna could say, well, I, what's different from you and me? I have a bodies, I have limiting adjuncts, right? Limitations. Expecting this objection, Brahma says. So Brahma's thinking, Krishna may think like this, so he continues. And he says, This then is certainly the same form, etc. You are the source of all auspiciousness, because you showed us, your worshippers, this selfsame form in our meditation for our welfare. So Sridhar Swami then, bringing up the object, objection, then paraphrases the actual Bhagavatam verse in his commentary. The import is that it is not befitting for you to show a material form to us who have fixed our minds on you through the path leading to the unmanifest. Therefore we offer obeisances, obeisance Again and again to you, we are impelled to do so constantly. Shridhar says, well, the Lord asks. So again, he's coming up with, the Lord would present a question at this point, a dialogue with Brahma. Then why is it that some people do not honor me? Brahma answers, Those people who disregard your form are influenced by the company of the untrue and the inessential asat prasangai, meaning they are committed to an inherently defective logical perspective that fails to accommodate the Absolute as personal God. Here ends Sridhar Swami's comments. So Jiva Goswami has quoted the Bhagavatam and he's quoted Sridhar Swami's commentary on these verses from the third canto of the Bhagavatam. You want to stay clear of that association. Asat prasanga. Uh, reductionist. And hence, defective logic fails to accommodate the Absolute as a personal God. Don't be misled by their faulty logic. It doesn't, it doesn't reconcile with the prayers of Brahma. And if anybody 
he's he's not only the head of uh, he's not only created the material universe he's the head of our sampradaya so people that aren't able to ascribe to his viewpoint that the supreme absolute is personal should be avoided because their logic is faulty Chanaka Pandit says the following in regards to association. Association is both one's upliftment or one's downfall. His actual um, aphorism is, give up the association of miscreants and keep the company of of the true. Perform pious works throughout both day and night and remember the temporary nature of this body and the material world. Jiva then goes to the next verse from the Bhagavatam. Brahma goes on to pray, O my Lord, persons who, on the other hand, smell the fragrance from the whirl of your lotus feet, which has been carried to the holes of their ears by the breezes of revealed sound, Shruti, Hold on to those feet with supreme devotion. These people are your very own, and so you never leave the lotus of their hearts. It's a sweet verse. Um, the symbolism of, of smelling the, the fragrance of the Lord's feet through the ear by hearing from the Shruti, Transcendental sound vibration is, uh, and being to em- embrace the Lord's lotus feet simply by that scent entering through the ear and having the mind embrace that form of the Lord and his feet uh, gives us, us, again, some deeper understanding of the transcendental nature uh, that. Brahma's trying to convey to us of the form of the Lord. It's not a material form. It's it's pure consciousness. It's we have a conception. Form has to be, you know. No. The Lord can have a form that has substance, but that substance is pure consciousness. That's the whole section here on the Bhagavat Sandarbha. Devotees experience the flavor of the Lord's pastimes with their ears. Revealed sound is compared to the pleasant breeze that pervades every direction, carrying the fragrance of the Lord's glorious pastimes. Just as fragrance pervades the air, sound vibration travels through the ether. This phrase, Shruti Vata, breeze of revealed sound, also indicates that the Lord can be known only through Sabda Praman, in the same way that smell can be perceived only when carried by the air. It's a very important. There's only one way that we in the material realm can experience a fragrance. There has to be air to carry it to us. No air, no smell. If you can't, if you take air out of the room, you're not going to be able to smell anything. 
So the point being made that the only way that we are going to be able to perceive the Supreme is through Subda Brahman. There's no material, nothing material about it. It's transcendental sound vibration. We, as I said, we looked back to the other verse a couple verses ago. Brahma's showing us that we can't use anything that we have to illuminate. The Lord is self-luminous. So, he's revealing himself. He's revealing the fragrance of his lotus feet through Subda Brahman. It's entering through our ear. This Subda Brahman, and we're able to smell. We're able to touch. We're able to feel. We're able to fully experience transcendence through this sound vibration. This medium of Subda Brahman is really the point. Just as air is the medium to carry smells, Subda Brahman is the medium to carry transcendence. Asat Prasanga, those influenced by the company of the untrue, refers to those who do not acknowledge the Vedic authority because of adopting an inherently reductionistic and defective logical perspective on what constitutes reality. Among all the Subda Brahman that we have, Jiva has already pointed out to us that Srimad Bhagavatam is the topmost. The Amala, the true fruit of all the Purana. Jiva Goswami goes on in looking at this last verse. Here the word to, T-U in the verse, on the other hand, distinguishes the worshippers of the Absolute with form from those adverse to such reality who have who were mentioned in the previous verse as disregarding the form of the Lord. The present verse indicates the superiority of the devotees whose face vision whose faith vision are seeing because they have faith. If you don't have faith in the Subda Brahman the seeing through the years is not going to be effectuated. So, faith, vision, nista, is the word used in the verse, is reposited in the absolute as Bhagavan endowed with transcendental form. The basis of their superiority is both theoretical, scriptural, and experiential both in theory, coming from scripture, and from experience. This means revelation. Revelation means the Lord is revealing himself. When we hear this revelation, we should understand everything that we, all the knowledge that we receive from scripture, from the sadhu, 
in the association of the devotees, or maybe in some unique circumstances directly from the Lord himself, or a voice in the sky. These are more abstract, but we need to see that revelation is something that is a constituent part of our spiritual practice. Continual. Revelation is continual for the devotee. It just becomes more and more condensed. It becomes more and more apparent. But every time we hear some other transcendental tidbit that just you know nourishes our spiritual growth, that is revelation. We're understanding more and more of the Supreme Lord at every moment. He's revealing himself to us. So when it says from scripture and from revelation, it means when we understand what's being said, that's a revelation. Sometimes we we want to put more stock to the word and say, well, revelation means God's going to come down and, you know, appear before me. He is appearing before you. He's appearing the way he's appeared before all the other sadhus. It be, his, be, the beginning of his appearance is coming through the ear, through the sound vibration carried from the guru, from the sadhu. So he is revealing himself. He is making himself visible to us gradually. Or he can jump over out of a pillar, but generally it's gradually. The majority of the, the devotees get a grant. Otherwise, it's too overwhelming. It would be quite, quite overwhelming, I would think. Not that we shouldn't aspire to be overwhelmed whenever we're qualified to be overwhelmed. But we'll never be qualified. It's always mercy. Furthermore, the word grihita charana they hold those feet means that they are directly witnessed experienced and realized that they have directly witnessed experienced and realized the absolute as bhagavan replete with transcendental form the revelation the firm nista which is the other word that jiva's pulling out here which is meaning faith vision Faith vision, you're seeing through the eyes of Shastra, you're seeing through the directions of the sadhu and the guru. That's your vision. That's how you see the Supreme. Directly witnessed, realized, and experienced the Absolute as Bhagavan. Krishna stu Bhagavan Swayam. Bhagavan. Parmeti, Paramatmeti, Bhagavaniti Subjate. Bhagavan, you're convinced of it. That's Nista. That's the Nista vision. You're, now you know this is, this is Krishna. This personal conception is the highest conception. A little bit of a side note here we'll finish with. The word Nista is generally translated as faith or fixity. We're generally accustomed to the fixity, being fixed. You're not going to go anywhere. You know Krishna's your God, and come hell or high water, you're going to get there, or come 
a hundred lifetimes or a next lifetime. You, it doesn't matter. You're fixed. Yet faith or fixity in the absolute as Bhagavan does not imply mere strength of belief. Nista actually refers to a state of consciousness involving pronounced realization of the said reality. Realization. And again, realization means I know this is this is the this is the proper concept of God beyond any doubt. Doesn't mean you've seen Bhagavan. You may see Bhagavan, you can see Bhagavan every day, but you're convinced that this conception, this is this is Nista. This is the stage. Imagine a re- reaching the stage stage of firm nista, fixity, in devotional practice. That's what it is. It's having having this conception beyond any doubt. If you're the, you're at nista, if that's if you're there, that's what nista refers to. A pronounced realization of that reality the faith coexistent with such direct apprehension may thus be referred to as faith vision. I'll stop there. Any questions? Thank you so much for your association.